The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara Ta'anit Daf Chavtet. Today's Daf is being studied. Le'inun Nishmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen. Today's Daf is being studied. Le'fuashirema Eliyahu Hayim Ben Shafia Sophia. We begin today's daf on Chavtet Amud Rishon, and we are on the second line. And the Gemara begins. It was on that our forefathers in the Midbar was decreed upon them not to enter Eretz Israel. That was after the episode of the Miragelim. When they came back and gave the negative report about Eretz Israel, and Bnei Israel accepted the report, and they cried, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu decreed on them that they are not going to go into Eretz Israel. So the Gemara now needs to prove the timeline, and how do you know that that indeed happened on Shabbat? So the Gemara says, Minalan, how do you know Dichtiv? So the Gemara is going to really take us back all the way to the beginning of the history of the Midbar in order to track. Every event to show you how the Miragelim came back on uh, the uh, eighth of Av, and the people accepted their report and they cried uh, on that night. But what I will prove now. Dichtiv, as it says, Vayi b'chodesh arishon b'shana shenit pechad lachodesh ukama mishkan. So the first pasuk tells us when the mishkan was inaugurated. It was the second year of the. Jewish people in the Midbar, on Rosh Chodesh, Nisan, who come a Mishkan. We have a statement. Shana Rishona, Asam Moshe the Mishkan. The first year, Moshe Rabbeinu actually they built the Mishkan. Shniya Hekim Moshe et the Mishkan. In the second year, that's the year that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, inaugurated the Mishkan. Veshalach Meragelim. So we know that the Meragelim was sent. In the second year, the same year that the Mishkan was inaugurated. Uchtiv, vayi b'shana shenit b'chodesh sheni b'aslim b'chodesh. It was on the twentieth of Iyar, second month, twentieth day. Naala anan me'al Mishkan aedut. It says the anan, <coughs> the clouds of glory, they uh, rose from the Mishkan, which was how the Jewish people began to travel. So the Jewish people now traveled from Har Hashem, from Har Sinai. They traveled a journey of three days. On that day, that it says, that she brings down, you could learn it, which means they went quickly. The way that she says it is mehar lashon maher achshav, which means they now uh, traveled away quickly from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Which means after Har Sinai, they left on the twentieth of Iyar. They left for three days, and that already began the downfall of Klai Yisrael. Uchtiv, what does it say, for example, what happened? The rabble amongst Klai Yisrael, now they had a craving. They had craving, 
They wanted meat. They started complaining about the food. And they started to cry. And complain. And this took place, the Borei Olam gave them the meat, right? For a 30 day, actually, we'll say for a Chodesh period. Now let's take that where that brings us to. If they left Ar Sinai on the 20th, and they traveled for three days, that's 20, 21, 22. Okay, then they complained about the uh, meat, and they wanted meat and so on. So Borealam gave it to them for 29 days according to Rashi. Because when it says Chodesh Yamin, that she learns it's not a Chodesh of 30 days, it's going according to a lunar month. How much is Chodesh Yamin in the lunar month? It's 29 days. So from the 22nd of Iyar, Counting 29 days. So That would take you to the 22nd day of Sivan. Okay, so that's the way we're making the calculation. So you have 7 of Iyar. Okay, plus the 22 of Sivan. That's 29. Right, so now we're holding already. Let's just review the history we went until. We're in the second year. Rosh Chodesh Nisan, Mishkan is inaugurated. And then we go to the 20th of Iyar, that's when the Anan goes off to Mishkan, and Bnei Yisrael start to travel for three days. Three days, takes it to the 22nd of Iyar, and that's when the Asaf Suf, the rabble, starts to complain. Allah says, you want meat? I'll give you meat for one month, right? Till it comes out of your noses, the Pasuk says. 30 days is really not 30 days, as she says, it's 29 days. What is this? Chodesh Yamim, Chodesh Aluna month. And that brings you to the 22nd of Sivan. Uchim. And it says, Vatisagir Miriam Shivaat Yamim. Now, Miriam, after the, we're following the sequence of the Torah, she spoke Lashonara about Moshe Rabbeinu. And she got punished as a result of it. What was her punishment? She got leprosy and she was quarantined for seven days. Now, from the 22nd of Sivan, seven days, Da'avalu Isrim Sivan. So that takes you to the 29th day of Sivan. And what did it say right after the episode of Miriam speaking to Surah about her brother? That's when the Meragirim were dispatched to Israel. On the 29th of Nisa, Sivan, that's when the Meragirim were dispatched to Right? So they uh, came back. At the end of 40 days. So comes the Gemaran says, These 40 days that you're count, counting, It's minus one. Why is it minus one? If look at Rashi. Rashi says, Because you have two of Sivan, because they went on the 29th. Sivan was Malay. So you have 29 and 30, that's two days. Vechaftet metamuz, right? You have 29 of tamuz, because tamuz usually is chaser. So that takes you to 31. Vechet me'av. And then eight days of av. Hava lamitet. Means if you make the calculation that two days of Sivan, which is the 29th and the 30th, 29 days of Tammuz, that's 31. And then, 
if you count that they came back on the 8th of Av, that will only bring you to 39 days. We want to say that the 8th of Av was the 40th day. Because they came back on the 8th of Av, which was day 40, and they cried that night. That night is Lil Chabe Av. So therefore, according to the calculation over here, the 8th of Av is only day 39 from when they were dispatched. That Gibran says, Amar Abayeh, Tammuz da'ishata miluyeh baluha. That year, Tammuz was maleh. And therefore, there was 30 days in Tammuz. And therefore, the 8th of Av was actually the 40th day. And then when they came back on the 8th, they cried that night. And therefore, they got punished not to go into Eretz Yisrael. Now, how do we know that that year, Tammuz was maleh, dikhtiv, God literally called the Mu'id. Mu'id in this uh, context over here refers to Rosh Chodesh. Lishbor Bahurai. In order to break, to break Bahurai, the chosen one in this case is the Beta Mikdash, which is the Yom Ibur. The extra day is called the Mu'id, because that day potentially could be Rosh Chodesh. Day 30 can be the Yom Ibur, the extra day of Tammuz, or it can be the first day of Ab. So they call that day the Mu'id. Kara'alai Mu'id, God says. I called an extra day for the Mu'id, which means I made it part of Tammuz. Lishbor Bahurai, because God wanted to destroy the, uh, the uh, Bet HaMikdash on the same day, which was a day that was earmarked for destruction. So that was the same day also that God wanted to make the we wanted to bring it on the same day. Comes the Gemara and says, Uchtiva, what does it say? Vatisa kolaida. They all raise their voices. They all cried on that night. We're going to read that God Oto. See, that day that they cried was Tisha Be'av. Right? It's even better according to the Masurit Tashas. Right? That night was the night of Tisha Be'av. You're crying for no reason. Says, I told you that the land is good. And now you're accepting these uh, the slander against Eretz Yisrael. You're crying that you don't want to go in. Now you're going to have a reason to cry, which means that now you're going to be punished, and you're not going to go into Eretz Yisrael. And every year on that night of Chabiav, about fifteen thousand of Bnei Yisrael the Midbar died. On that night, until the forty years were over, till all Bnei Yisrael had to get around them. Not to enter in Israel. So the Bechinah, Bechiyah of Chinam, led to a Bechiyah of Dorot. So that's how we know Chabiav was the night that Bnei Yisrael would decree not to go into Israel. Now we go to the next one. Harev Abayid Barishona. So he said the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, the first one. So the Gemara says, Minalan, how do you know? Dikhtiv. Because it says in the Pasuk, Ubahodesh Hamishi, in the fifth month, which is Av. But which on the seventh of the month, 
of the Jews, of the servant of the king of Abel came to Yerushalayim, Vayisrof et Bet Hashem. So according to this, it says he burnt the Bet HaMikdash on the seventh of Av. Uchti, we have another pasuk that says, Ubachodesh HaKamishi, Be'asod LaChodesh, Hii Shinat, Sha'asre, Shalom LaMelech, Nebuchadnezzar, Melech Babel, Ban Nebuchadnezzar, Adan, Rav, Tabachim, Amad, Fnei, Melech Babel, Yerushalayim. This pasuk says, that Nebuchadnezzar, Adan, came on the tenth. And he stood in front of Nebuchadnezzar. So make up your mind. doesn't say anywhere over there that the Bethlehem was destroyed on the 9th. This is either the 7th or the 10th. How do we reconcile these two? Besukim. Vetanya, we have a brighter. Yifshar lomar b'shva'ah, sharek evan ne'emar b'asor. Yifshar lomar b'asor, sharek evan ne'emar b'shva'ah. Which means, you can't say it happened on the 7th because it says it happened on the 10th. You can't say it happened on the 10th because it happened on the 7th. So make up your mind, how do you reconcile these two pesukim by Nebuzar Adan? Ha-ketzad, nochrim On the 7th day, that's when the Goyim entered the Echal, the sanctuary of the Beit HaMikdash. Ve'achnu, and they ate, and they partied, and they reveled, ve'kilkelu, and they committed all sorts of abominations. In the Bet HaMikdash itself, the Kilkenubo Shivi'i Shemini. And they sat in the Bet HaMikdash and made all this type of abominations for the 7th and the 8th. Uchi'i Samukh Lahashikha. And on the 9th of Ab, close to sunset, meaning at the end of the 9th, Hitsi Tubo Etaur. They put the Bet HaMikdash aflame. Ve'aya Doleg Ve'olech Kolayom Kulo. And it burnt the entire tent. Shneemar, oilanu. The pasuk says, kifana yom, because today is over, finishing. This is referred to the Shabbat. Kiyanatus lale'arev, which means the shade already is coming down. The darkness is setting forth on the end of the night. It says, oilanu. Woe to us, because that's when the Beit Hamikdash was destroyed at the end of the ninth day. And that's why it says that on the 7th, the Muzar Adan came. They partied for the 7th, for the 8th, for the night, And then the Muzar Adan came back to Nebuchadnezzar on the 10th and told him the job was uh, executed. The Hayru Dabar of Yohanan, and this is what Rabbi Yohanan said, If I was around in that generation, I would have made the fast on the 10th. Because the majority of the Beit HaMikdash was burnt on the 10th. Really the day of the destruction was the 10th of Av. So the question is, and why the rabbis make it on the 9th of Av then? It started on the 9th towards sunset. But when did the Beit HaMikdash really burn? It burnt on the 10th of Av. And the majority burnt on the 10th. So the Yohanan said, if I was around when they were making the Tekana, I would have voted 10th of Av. Verabbanan, what's the logic of the Hakamim? Athalta de Puranuta Adifa. Athalta de Puranuta. Which means you go when the beginning of the Puranuta happens. Which means you go when the calamity begins. She says, once the fire is set, then it's, it's all just a matter of uh, time. Everything's set into motion already. So therefore, the fire was set on the ninth of Av. So the ninth of Av is the day of uh, calamity, day of destruction. Comes the Gibran says, Ubashiniya Minalan. You told me in the Mishnah. That the second Beit Hamikdash was also destroyed on Shabbat How do you know that? 
Gemara says the Tanya we have a brayta megalgelin zechut leyom zakai vechoval leyom hayav because we have a cloud. Good things happen on good days. God orchestrates good things to happen on positive days. And bad things happen on days that are earmarked for bad. So therefore, it makes sense that happened on Chabab. Chabab is designated for Hurban. So therefore, Megalgelin Hayab Leyom Choba. Leyom Hayab. Which is, this is a guilty day. This is a, a terrible day. So that day was earmarked for, for future destruction as well. Why? Because a lot of calamities happen on Shabbat. She says, Deregilin Boraot. A lot of Raot happened on that day. Amru, it was said, now we're reading the Mahari Landau's uh, amendments over here. Keshahare betamegdash berishona, oto ayom tishabeav. Hayah. That day that the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed with Tisha Be'av. Umotza'e Shabbat It was destroyed on a Motza'e Shabbat. Umotza'e Shvi'itaita. It was after the year of a Shemitah, which is the eighth year of the cycle. Umishmarto Shil Yehoyari Vaita. And the Kohanim, the family that was serving that week in the Beit HaMikdash, was Yehoyari's family. Valivim Ayu Omrim Shira. And the Levi'im were standing on the Dukhan by the Mizbayah, and they were singing Shira. Ve'omdim al-Dukhanam. And standing on their platform. Uma Shira yu'omrim. Well, what song were they singing? Ve'yashev alehem et'onam ubra'atam yetsmitim. Which means God is going to uh, put on them their uh, punishment, ubra'atam, and because of the evil, yetsmitim, God is going to destroy them. And they did not finish the Pasuk, because it says Yetzmitem twice. Before they were able to finish the Pasuk, by the time they were about to finish the Pasuk, which the Pasuk says Yetzmitem Hashem which means God should destroy them. Before they got to even say those words, already it was too late, the Goyim entered the Echal, and they started to destroy the Beit HaMikdash. So you're going to ask, why were they singing that song? That's the song for Yom uh, Rivi'i. That's not the song for Motzei Shabbat, for Yom Rishon. Why were they singing the, the wrong uh, Shir? So that she says, actually, can read the Tosafot as well. Look at the bottom Tosafot. Pirush. Be'oto pasuk yesh bet pa'amim yatsmitem. Ve'lo espiku lomar asheni atsheva v'chavshum. Ve'omer ari. Afalgav de'en oto pasuk klav b'mezmor shir shil Motzei Shabbat. Even though that's not the mezmor of Motzei Shabbat. Ira'ak lahem kach. It happened that they sang it. She'amru oto pasuk mirushalmi mefaresh iliyah nakat. What is iliyah? Perush iliyah havikemo ele kibtula davi lashon kinah. The word ilita is a kina, a lamentation. Which means bore olam. Put that mizmor in their mouths. Miraculously, you at the time of the hurban. Yitzmitem, uh, what the pasuk says over here, what? Vayashim alehem etorab ubra'atam yitzmitem. So therefore, that was orchestrated by Kadosh Baruch Hu, by, uh, by uh, divine design, that why they should say such words. And bidyuk at that time, the enemies came into the echal and they destroyed it. Vechen b'shiniyah. And similarly, this happened in the second Beit HaMikdash as well, which is the same events that happened in the first Beit HaMikdash, 
Like we just said, the Mishmar, Motzei Shemitah, etc. happened also in the times of the second Beit HaMikdash. The events actually repeated themselves. Mm-hmm. The next thing we said, the calamity that happened on Chabab was the city of Betar was destroyed. That Betar was a stronghold for Am Yisrael. Even after the destruction of the second temple, there was a stronghold of Jews that lived in the city of Betar. But on Chabab, years later, it was destroyed. And that already was the end. That was the, the final blow that the Romans took on Klai Yisrael. There was a chance, as long as Betar was around, that Am Yisrael would defeat the Romans and maybe even rebuild the Betar Mikdash. Once Betar was destroyed, that already uh, the Romans were able to declare final victory. So when was that destroyed? On Chabeav. How do we know that? Gamra. Tradition. We have no Pesukim for that. We just have a tradition from our forefathers. And that's when this happened. After that, after the destruction of Betar, the Romans came and they plowed Yerushalayim. They plowed the whole city. Everything was raised to the ground. Tanya, we have a brayta. Kishaharav Tornus Rufus Right when Tornus Rufus the Rasha came to destroy, uh, right to, to destroy the Hekha, the sanctuary. Nigzera Gezera Al Rabban Gamliel Lariga. Rabban Gamliel was the president of Klai Israel. They made a decree on him. What? Death. Ba Adon Ehad. So one of the masters, or I call them the officers of the government, <coughs> came to the Beit Midrash. The Ahmad Beit Midrash be Amar Baala Hotem Mitbakesh Baala Hotem Mitbakesh. Literally, the one with the Hotem, with the with the prominent nose, is being uh, requested. So that she says Baal Koma Vesura. She's the prominent one. He's the Hashuv one. Who's the most Hashuv in Klai at the time? Rabban Gamliel. So they call Baal Hotem. That she gives another interpretation. Gadol Ador. She the Gadol Ador is requested by the government. The Mepharshim explain why, Maharshim says, why is he called Bala Hotem? Because uh, to Klal Yisrael, the value of Rabban Gamliel was, he was like the breath to our nostrils. And therefore, without Rabban Gamliel, Klal Yisrael cannot exist. I mean, he's the Gadol Ador. So therefore, Klal Yisrael nicknamed him Bala Hotem. Because if Klal Yisrael is considered, let's say, all one body, let's say, and everybody is a, is a part of that collective body, so the most important part is where you breathe from. So you breathe from your nose. So they would call the Bangamir Balahotim. He to us is the, 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 the nostrils, which means where we have life from. In any event, Shamar the Bangamir, so the Bangamir hears that he's being you know, requested, he knows what he's being requested for. He's being requested to, they're going to kill him. Azal, he went. Tasha, Minayu, he ran from them. Azal, he ran from them, he went to hide. Azal, so the Adon found him. He found him in a private place, hiding. Amar leh. So the Adon tells the Bangam Liel, I matzil nalach. If I save you, ma'itit li la'almada'atih. Will you give me a halik la'ulam abba? Because the Adon believed in ulam abba. And he tells him, could you guarantee me ulam abba if I save you? Amar leh hen. The Bangam says yes. So this is what he did. Amar leh ishtiba'li. He says, swear to me. So the Adon climbed up to the roof. He jumped off the roof and committed suicide. Now what does that do for anybody? Because we have a tradition. 
whenever the Romans would make a gezerah, a decree, and then one of theirs would die, they would take that as a bad omen. They would say that must be because of the gezerah that we made against so and so, it caused one of ours to die. So what would they do? They would nullify the decree. So what this Adon actually did by killing himself, he saved Rabban Gamliel. Because now there's one of us died, okay, the gezerah of Rabban Gamliel is off. So he really saved him. We, a guy understood what Allah Abba was. That he was willing to jump off a roof and die in order to secure a place in Allah Abba. To show you the imunah that even the guim had. So what does it mean? A heavenly voice came out and said, Adon zeh, Yes indeed, this Adon has a prepared, he's prepared section in Olam Abba. Comes again when I says, Taru Rabbanan, Meshachareb Abayit Berishonah, when the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, the first Beit HaMikdash, Nitkabitsu kitot kitot shut perchei keunah. The young Kohanim that were serving in the Beit HaMikdash, they gathered together, and they had the keys to the Beit HaMikdash, to the sanctuary, they had it in their hands. And they climbed up to the roof of the Beit HaMikdash. And they said, Since we didn't have the Zichut to be loyal, uh, caretakers of the Beit HaMikdash which is obviously if you're destroying the Beit HaMikdash we're guilty, we weren't loyal in taking care of the treasury of the Beit HaMikdash we gotta give you back the keys that is which means uh, we have to give you back the keys we did not do our job properly so they took the keys and they threw them towards the heaven and like a hand came out of the heavens, a palm and the mehem, and accepted the keys back. And they jumped in to the fire, which is when the Beit HaMikdash was already burning. So they jumped to the roof of the Beit HaMikdash to save themselves temporarily from the fire, and they returned the keys to Kadosh Baruch Hu, and then they jumped into the fire themselves. Inevitably they were going to die regardless, and so it's not considered really a situation of suicide, they were going to, the fire was going to consume them regardless, and therefore the Mephashim discussed that if you're going to die regardless, and it's going to be a miserable way to wait, to suffocate, to die like that with great sa'ad, so therefore one is able to take his life in such a way it is going to happen uh, in, in, in any event. In any event, on them, Yeshayahu and Navi laments and said, now this over here, as she says, is referring to the vision that he had about Yerushalayim. Hazayon is the vision to see. Because everybody looks at Yerushalayim, as she says. So the vision of Hazayon, of the city of Hazayon, where everybody looks at. The Prophet said, what is happening here? Why? All of you went up to the roofs. Teshuot ir Jeez, the Pasuk says over here, the city that was a bustling city, a city that was a city of, of joy, that the city of, of, of Yerushalayim was great, and now what? It has all death. 
halalech, but their death, their corpses are not corpses from Hayrev, they did not die from the enemy's sword, nor from war. How did they die? They died by jumping into the fire on the roof of the Beit HaMikdash. Af ba'kadosh baruchu ne'emar. In a kadosh baruchu, also we have the pasuk. Now what does the pasuk say? Mekarkar kir veshowa elahar. That she says, mekarkar lachon yilala. Which means God was wailing like yilala, bemoaning. Kir veshowa mekonen vezoaik. These are all words of moaning and lamentations. Elahar. What's the har? Har is har siyon. Har siyon God himself was crying, lamenting the situation of what? That har siyon was being uh, you know, destroyed. Comes the Yigam and continues. So we've proven all the five events that happened on Shabbat. We prove exactly how do we know that these things happened. Comes the Yigam and says, Mishinik Nas Av, Mima'atim Bismcha. We learned in the Mishnah when the month of Av enters, then already we have to minimize our uh, happiness, right? So the Gemara says, Amar Rav Yehuda, Bered Rav Shmuel Bar Shilat Mishmed Rav, Keshem Shminichnas Av Maatim Bismcha, Kach Mishminichnas Adar Darbim Bismcha. So just like when it comes to Av, we minimize Simcha, we minimize our Simcha. When it comes to the month of Adar, we have to increase our Simcha. Now she says over here, why are we increasing our Simcha and Adar? So he says, Yemen Nisim Ayul Yisrael, Purim Upesah. She says, she's telling us a very important insight over here. The Simcha of Adar is not only the Simcha of Purim. It's also Purim and Pesach, which is now we're entering the months of miracles. So we have a double month. So it's really Nisan also has the same Simcha. It's a two-month Simcha to Klai Yisrael. In any event, the Gemara says, Amar Papa, we go to the Amuzet, Hilkach, therefore, Bar Yisrael de'it le'dina ba'adinukhri. If a Bar Yisrael, if a Jew has a court case, what a goy, l'shtamit mineh be'av. You should avoid uh, appearing with him in court in the month of Av. Why? Because the mazal of Am Yisrael in the month of Av is very weak. It's not good. But let him make himself accessible for the court case in the month of Adar. Why? Because the mazal is strong. And the, the Tosfot quotes we learned on the previous zakai, which means on good days, they're earmarked for good things to happen. And therefore, same thing, we don't want to get involved in the month of Ab, which is a bad luck month. And therefore, he says, do it in Adar. That's the Gemara says. Some say, again, Abraham brings down in Siman Tafkuf Nun Aleph, in the name of Rabbeinu Yeruham, that you should really, uh, at the, don't go in the month of Av, the whole month. You shouldn't start the court case till Rosh Hodesh Elul, at least, until the uh, month is totally over. Kurban today wants to say, no, after Shabi Av, you don't have to wait the whole month of Av, you can go after the fast is over, you can start going to the court case. But the best time would be in Adar. Now the Gibbalah gives a Pasuk. This pasuk over here uh, is just uh, another statement of Rabbi Uda, Bered Rav Shemuel Bar Shilat. Since we quoted him already, we're quoting some other statements, not related to what we're talking about, but they're related to the fact that the same author made both statements. 
לתת לכם אחרית ותקווה. Right, so when the Olam exiled the Jewish people to Bavin, so since he exiled us, let to give us a future with tikva and hope. How is the exile in Bavin giving us future and hope? Amar of Yehuda, Bered Rav Shmuel Bar Shilat Meshemed Rav Elu Dekalim Uchli Pishtan. This is referring to the Dekalim. That was the uh, palm trees uh, where we had the dates. We were able to support ourselves comfortably in Bavel because they had good uh, palms, right? A, a, a supply of it. And Klippishtan, that's the flax, the linens, clothes. So therefore, even though I sent you to Galut, there was a harit v'tikva. There was hope for you. Which means I sent you to a place where there's fruit over there and there's clothes. You know that you'll be able to sustain yourselves in the Galut. The reason why these are called Aharit V'tikva, the Maharsha says, because these things endure. It seems the dates on the tree, they stay for a long time. And Klit Pishtan also lasts for a long time. So for Aharit V'tikva, I'm giving you a future and uh, hope and anticipation. That's referring to these things that have durability to them. Next, the Rasha. This is when Yaakov Abinu went into his father, Yitzhak, wearing Isav's clothes. Now the clothes of Yitzhak were made of Gidayazim. They were made of goat's hair. Now nothing smells worse than goat's hair. And here he walks into Yaakov Abinu, and what is, I mean, he walks into Yitzhak Abinu, and what does Yitzhak Abinu say? The smell of my son. It's like the, the fragrance of a sadeh that God blessed. So what is this fragrance? Amar v'yudah bered rav shemuel barashilat b'shemuel derav kereyah sadeh shel tapuhim Like a field of tapuhim What is tapuhim? So look at the Tosafot Tosafot says over here Shel tapuhim yesh mefarshim tapuhim kereyah etrogim It's not like a patch of etrogim It's a delicious smell like the smell of Gana'edin, the citron. So therefore we see that this was not simply uh, explained. Okay, now we go back to the halakha of the week of Tisha B'Av and the different things that are forbidden during that week. Shabbat, Shachal, Tisha B'Av, the week of Tisha B'Av, Asurin, Lesaper, Lechabes. So it's forbidden to take haircuts, and the chabez is to launder clothes. So now the Kibbutz says, Amar of Nachman, Lo shanu ela lechabez vililbosh. The only isur is to launder, to wear. Aval lechabez ulaniyah mutar. But to launder clothes and just put them in your drawer, mutar. I mean, he's learning over here, very point deen over here. The only isur in kivisa is what? Kivisa al menat lilbosh. But if just to wash your clothes and put them in your closet and wear them after the Shabbat, no problem. Now, even laundering itself is asur. Why? Because it takes your mind off of the avidut. You have to remember, in the olden days, the laundering was a, a, a serious process. You have to go down to the river and you have to, you know, uh, go to, to take the uh, clothes with you and you have to put them in the river and then you have to sweat them, you have to squeeze them out and the detergent and dry them. It's a whole process. So getting, even if you're not going to wear them, but being involved in this task of kibbutz is going to take one's mind off the avidus. So I don't want a person to be preoccupied in other avodah besides the avidut at hand. So therefore, even to wash, to put in the closet, according to this rabbi of Shishat, is a su. So we have a great mahlukdin of Nahman and of Shishat. Amar of Shishat, I'll prove to you that I'm right. 
Debatle katsre debe rav. The week after Shabbat, the launderers in Rav's house, they took off. They didn't work. Then why did they work? According to Rav Nachman, they should have worked. Let them wash. I put it in the closet. And it must be they took off totally. Why? Because even to wash it all is asur. Tosfot says, why do they call the launderers katsre? Katsre is to shorten. Because what happens when you launder the clothes? They shrink. So therefore they call the launderers the katsre, the ones that shrink the clothes. Mativ. Mativ Rav Menuna. So Rav Menuna asks the following question. That's the question. He asks the question like this: Ubahamishi mutarin pene kebod Shabbat, which means on Thursday, the week of Shabbat. On Thursday, it's mutar to launder your clothes because of kebod of Shabbat. That is the week of Shabbat. We have a bright that says on Thursday of the week of Shabbat. You're allowed to launder your clothes. Let's say Shabbat is on a Friday. Okay? Shabbat is on a Friday. So Thursday, we let you launder the clothes because you have to have clean clothes for Shabbat. So the Gabbara says, Lemai. What are we talking laundering clothes? Bosh. If you tell me we're going to let you launder clothes on Thursday and wear them on Thursday, what kind of Kabot Shabbat is to wear clean clothes on Thursday? That's not Kabot Shabbat. Ela Leaniyah. Most people are letting you wash the clothes on Thursday. Lehaniyah for Shabbat. Uvahamishi udeshari. Avala Shabbat kula asur. And what do you see over here? Only lechabes ulaniyah is mutar on Thursday. Masper that the rest of the days of the week. Asur lechabes afilu laniyah. And therefore, we're bringing a proof of it that kibus, Rav Shashat is bringing a proof, that kibus is asur legamre. Understand? Because why would the Gemara give a dispensation? The says, you know, on Thursday, we'll let you wash the clothes. Lechmot Shabbat. What Shabbat what? That means you're washing it on Thursday to wear it on Shabbat. That means it's lechabes. Well, Aniyah, what are you wearing on Thursday for? Thursday is not Kabot Shabbat, so it's, it's Kabot Shabbat to wear clean clothes on Thursday? It's the Pinnik with the Shabbat. So most of you have laundry on Thursday to wear it on Shabbat. Good, so the Kabes Ulaniyah is Dafka Mutar on when? Thursday. 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 Well, the Kabes Ulaniyah is Asur the rest of the week. Kabbalah said, no, Le'olam, the Kabes Vilil Bosh. No, it's not where you're washing it on Thursday and you're wearing it on Thursday. Where's the Kabot Shabbat? It's talking about when a guy only has one shirt. He has one robe. And therefore, it's Kavod Shabbat for him to wear... We're not going to let him clean the clothes on Shabbat on Friday. So we let him clean it on Thursday. So at least his clothes are somewhat clean going into Shabbat. But he's wearing it on Thursday. And the Kavod Shabbat is at least the clothes are somewhat clean going into Shabbat. But he only has one... One garment, which means, really, I'll tell you, you're allowed to wash the clothes all week long, all week long. The hadush is in one case you're allowed to wash the clothes and even wear them. When is that? Thursday, when you only have one garment. Then it's mutar even lechabes v'lilbosh, but lechabes ulaniyah mutar the whole week. That's the way that Nachman will answer the brayta. Yeah. The amount of asay, how do we know this uh, one cloak dispensation? How do we know this item if you have one garment we're lenient? The amount of asay, Amar of Yohanan, Misha'en lo ela halukehad, mutalikabeso be holoshil moed. So we know in holam moed, really not supposed to launder your clothes. You're supposed to launder your clothes 
from beforehand. But the Gemara says over here, if a person has one garment, it's permissible for him to launder it even on Holamu'ed, and wear it on Holamu'ed. And as she tells us over here, that what? Which means you're going to clean it because you don't want to get the lice. It gets dirty. Even if you washed it before Halamu'ed, doesn't matter. Wash it again because he only has one garment. So you see what? We, we have a dispensation for washing garments, even on Halamu'ed when it's Asur, if it's only one. So I thought over here, there's a whole discussion over here uh, about cleaning children's clothes. Even though you have a lot of them, but that's considered like one garment because they always wear, they dirty them over and over again. So it's like you're not going to have enough for the children. So therefore he writes over here that from here we see that children's clothes, for whatever age, youngsters that dirty their clothes consistently would be allowed as well. We have an Amoraic statement. That we say it's a suit to launder, that's only to launder and wear. So we have another Amoraic statement to prove the opinion of Rav Nachman that the Chabes ul Haniyah is indeed mutar. Metive, we have a question. Asu le Chabes lefnet Shabbat, afilu le Haniyah. Let's do a statement over here. It's a suit to launder clothes before the Shabbat. Even afilu laniyah lachat tishabeav. So right there you have a question. Even to leave it after tishabeav, you cannot asul lekabes mechlal. That's a proof to Rav Sheshat. Question against Rav Dachman. We continue. Vigihut shelanu kikibus shelahim, which means there's two forms of laundering clothes. One is called gihuts, and one is pressing, and one is called kibus. Kibus is with water. In Bavel the water was not uh, clear, it wasn't good. And therefore, the kibbutz in Bavel really wasn't worthy, worth too much. The kibbutz in Bavel was inferior to the kibbutz of Eretz Israel. So for them in Bavel, gihutz, which is the pressing, was equal to kibbutz of Eretz Israel. That's what Eretz Israel kibbutz is asur, and in Bavel gihutz is asur. That's what Gemara gives us the uh, the, 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 the opinions. The gihutz shelanu, the gihutz, the pressing of Bavel kibbutz shelahim. Look at Rashi. The kibbutz shel, the gihutz shelanu. Enu yafel kibbutz shelahim vasul gahetz tefnet shabeav vafilu laniach lahat shabeav. Aval kibbutz shelanu mutar, but the kibbutz of Bavel. Mutar. That was inferior, I told you. The water wasn't really clear, like Eddie said. Therefore, that was mutar. But what do you see from this blight over here? Even though you're cleaning it before the Shabbat, it's asur, afilu laniyah, after Shabbat. Now, ukhli pishtan, blight that continues. Ukhli pishtan, that's the uh, linen clothes. And bahem mishum gihutz. Which means, even gihutz is permissible. Because gihutz doesn't benefit it. Because what happens with linen clothes? They always wrinkle. And therefore, even gihutz is not going to benefit. So therefore, it would be permissible to make gihutz on linen clothes because you don't see the uh, the benefit from it. Bottom line, the Gemara says, Tiyufta. We have a refutation to the opinion of Rav Nachman. From Tanaim. Rav Nachman was Amorah. He came along and said, We have a clear brighter that says, Lechabesu Laniyah. Is asur. So therefore the Gemara leaves it off in a to you start refutation. Good? 
comes Gemara and says, Shalach Rav Yitzchak Bar Giyure Meshemed Rabbi Yohanan. Right? So Rav Yitzchak Bar Giyure sent from Eretz Israel in the name of Rabbi Yohanan, who was rabbi in Eretz Israel. Afapi she'amnu klipishtan im be'mishum gihutz. Which even though we said that klipishtan gihutz does not benefit them, because we said they wrinkle, they don't really get, uh, you know, clean from it. Aval asul lelovshan b'shabat shechal tishah be'av liyot betocha. But still, you shouldn't wear them during the week of tishah be'av. See, the gihutz is not a problem. But what? Do not wear klipishtan that were miguhatzim during the week of tishah be'av. Amarav, so Rav says, lo shanu ela lefanav. Only mean before the fest to wear it. Aval lacharav mutar. But after Shabbat, wear them. No problem. Shabbat is over. Wear them. No problem. Mushmuel Amar Afidu Laharav Nami Asur. So now we have a Machlokah Rav and Shmuel. When we say the clothes are Asur during the week of Shabbat, right? So Rabbi Yochanan came along and said, "Listen, Gihuz is not a problem, David, but don't wear them the week of Shabbat." So we have a Machlokah to what extent? Rav says it means until Shabbat, but after the week of after Shabbat, I mean even it's the same week of Shabbat, it'll be. Permissible. Shemuel says, no, 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 no. You're not allowed to wear these items the whole entire week, even after Tish'ah Be'av. Comes the Gemara and says, Metive, we have a question. Shabbat Shachal Tish'ah Be'av Yot Betucha. This is a long brighter now. The Shabbat, the week of Shabbat Be'av. Asun is Saper Ulchabes. Good. It's Asun to take haircuts that week, it's Asun to launder clothes. Uba Hamishim Mutarim, Mepene Kebo, the Shabbat. But on Thursday it's permissible, these things, but they come on the Shabbat. Ketzat. Haliyot behad b'Shabbat. Let's say Shabbat comes out on a Sunday. Mutal l'chabes kol ha-Shabbat kula. Good. So the whole week you can launder and take haircuts. The week before. There's no week, that's why. Because the week starts on Sunday. So the week before there's no problem because there's no Shabbat. Shabbat b'Shabbat b'Shabbat. B'Shini, B'Shilishi, B'Rbi'i, U'Bahamishi. If Chabaaf comes out on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, or a Thursday, Lefanav Asur. Right? So all the days before are going to be Asur. Leacharav Mutar. But the days after, even though it's the same week, will be Mutar. Haliyot Be'irib Shabbat. Now let's say Chabaaf comes out on a Friday. Mutar Lechabes Bahamishi, Mepereh Kibod Shabbat. Like we said, that you can do it on Thursday. And let's say you didn't launder on Thursday. Wow. They even allow you on Shabbat day itself. From Minha and on to launder clothes. But Shabbat comes out on a Friday. The bright is telling you, Shabbat, do it on Thursday. But you know what? You didn't do it on Thursday? Shabbat day itself from Minha and on. That, this is all part of the bright. For a moment, the Gemara digresses outside the Braita to give us an opinion that's going to go back to the Braita. What's the opinion? Layit ala abaye. Abaye cursed. The etima of Ahabar Yaakov. Or some said of Ahabar Yaakov cursed. Aha! On somebody that would loan the clothes on Tishabav. Even though the Braita says you could do it on Friday, it's been hard time. Right, I'm going to curse the uh, people that would do such a thing. Good, that's like a parenthesis. Now we go back to the Braita. 
Now we go back to a new, to, new deen in the Braita. We're getting to a question here, but we're giving the full version of the Braita. If Chabi'ah falls out on a Monday and a Thursday. Monday or Thursday. Korin well, on Mondays and Thursdays, anyway, we have Sefer Torah. How many people go up to the Sefer Torah on Mondays and Thursdays? Three. So therefore, we send up the same three people that we would send up anyway if it wasn't the Sha'abi'av, on Monday and Thursday. It's just that the third one is the Maftir. Which is the third one reads a Haftarah. So it's not four Olim. It's three Olim. And one of them, meaning the third one, is considered the... Maftir. That's when it comes out on a Monday and a Thursday. However, if Chabad comes out on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, where there's not, it's not a Sif Torah day, Tuesday, Wednesday, one guy goes up to the Sif Torah and he is the Maftir. Why? Because that's not a Sif Torah day. If it wasn't the Chabad, you have nobody going up. And therefore, because it's Shabbat, you send up one Oleh, and he is the Maftir. You got that opinion? Rabbi Yosei Omer, the Olam, Kodin, Shilosha, or Maftir, Ehad. He says, no, you always send up three. Whether it comes out on a Monday or Thursday, or Tuesday or Wednesday, you always send up three, and the third one is the Maftir. Okay, that's side point. Now let's get back to our question. What was the question over here? Oh, so the Gemara says, This is indeed a question against Shemuel. Why? Look at the one line before they get wide. Actually, the first wide line. Partial quotation from the Braita. The Braita said that only before Chabeav, Asul Echabes, First wide line in Nashi. But after. But after is Mutar. Shemuel held that when we say the week of Tishra Be'ab, it's the whole week even after. That she was an Amorah. Can't argue against a Braita. We have a Tanaic statement of the Braita that says, Laharab Mutar. Tiyuftad Shemuel. Kemarah says, Amalaka Shemuel. Shemuel says, Tanaic. So what do you want from me? Avatanan agrees with me. You showed me a Tanan that says La Harav Mutar. I'll show you another Tanan that says La Harav Asur. Yeah, let's get clear. What are we talking about over here? The week of Tisha B'Av. Everybody agrees before Tisha B'Av, Asur Lechabes, Asur Lechabes. The question now, now Tisha B'Av is over. Tisha B'Av ended on Tuesday. Wednesday is still the week of Tisha B'Av. So according to Shemuel, he says, okay, it's the week, Asur. All week is Asur to left until Shabbat. However, the other opinions say, no, what are you talking about? When we say, Asud al-Khabbez, Asud al-Sapeh, means, it's until Shabbat. After Shabbat, I'm still the week. I'm still the week. Bottom line, the week means up until. So Shemuel is going to come along and say, you bring in a question from a Braitha. I'll show you a Braitha that clearly says, La Harab is indeed Asud. What's the Braitha? The Tanya, we have a Braitha. Shabbat, Shechaliyot, Beshabbat. Can happen. Shabbat falls out, let's say, on. Shabbat itself. Or let's say the Erev Shabbat falls on Shabbat, meaning Shabbat is on a Sunday. So the Erev is on Shabbat. Now remember we learned in the Mishnah that on Erev to Shabbat, at the Saudat of Mavsikit, right, the Saudat right before the fast, you only have to have one tafshil. Right? One kotayim, you don't have to have fish, you don't have to have meat, there's certain restrictions. So it says, if Shabbat falls on Shabbat, obviously we don't fast on Shabbat. If Erev Shabbat, if, if Shabbat is Erev to Shabbat as well, the deen is, You eat whatever you want. Which means there's no restrictions now when it comes to the Sudat of 
on Shabbat, you only have to have one cooked meal. You can have as much food as you want on Shabbat. There's no avilut bechlal. Umale al shulchano afilu kisodat shilomo b'shato. You're allowed to put food on your table, even as much food like King Solomon in his day, in his time. Which means there's no avilut bechlal on Shabbat. Now, what does it mean shilomo in his time? Of course, in his time when he was the king. This this Gemara is following the opinion of Masechet Ketim that says Shlomo Melech was a king, and then he lost his kingdom. It says Malach Vehidyot. There is a Mahloket that he returned to his kingdom or not. So therefore, since it's a Mahloket, if he returned to his kingdom or not, the Gemara is saying that Bishato, meaning in his time when he was the king, because there was a period of time where he was not a king, where he was Hidyot. When Shalomo was a king, on his table, he had all the delicacies. So they're saying, on Shabbat, even though it's Shabbat, or Eid to Shabbat, no problem. Now, the Asur is Saper ul Look at these opinions here. It's Asur to, to take haircuts, or to launder. Mirosh Chodesh, Vada Ta'anit, Vrimi Meir. Now we have a new opinion now, nine days. From Rosh Chodesh until the first day, it's Asur to do haircuts and laundering. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Kola Chodesh Kolo Asur. Rabbi Yehuda says, the whole month of Av is Asur. The Ban Shimon Gamliel Omer, Eno Asur, Ela Ota Shabbat Bilvad. Rabbi Shashbat comes along and says, only the week of Shabbat. So let's review the three Shitote. You have one opinion, Rabbi Meir. We have the nine days. From the Shodesh until the Ta'anit. You have Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef comes along and says the whole month is Asur. Then you have Rashbag, the Bachelor of Gamliel, he says, no, the week of. Meaning Shabbat of Shabbat. Betanya Ida, and we have a Braita. Actually, let's just look at the bottom Nashi for a second. Ve'ada Ta'anit. Right, that's Rabbi Meir. From the Shodesh to the Ta'anit. Alma. That's clear. Because it's Ada Ta'anit. Which is right after Shabbat, all these things are permissible. That's clear. Because according to the other rabbi, the Be'udah, he said, Oh, month. And according to the Shabbat, he said, The week. He didn't ma'alek, he should have said it until the fast. So we see already two Tanaim that hold. After the fast was also going to be Asur. How much after? It's a Mahloka. But you see the what? Shemuel has well support from this Braita. Good? So Gibraltar says, Betanya Idak Lev Braita, Venoheg Avel, Merosh Hodesh, Vada Tanit, Vermir, Vibuda Merkola Hodesh Kolo Asur, the Bachelor Gimli Lomer, Eno Asur, Ela Otoshabad, Belvad. Same thing. The Avilut. Person has to have Avilut on himself. Same parameters. Either Rosh Hodesh to the first, either the whole month, or the whole week. Now the Gemara is going to ask, where did they learn this from? How does one rabbi know nine days? How does one rabbi know the whole month? How does another rabbi know the week? So the Gemara says, Amar Buhanan, Ushloshtan, Mikra Echad, Darshu. All the rabbis, they would doresh the same pasuk. Tekhtiv, the pasuk writes in Hoshea, Vishbati, I will cause to cease, cessation. Kol Mesosa, all the joy. Haga, literally it's festivals. Chodcha, it's months. Veshabbata, and it's Shabbatot. Vechol Mu'ada. 
So now the Gemara analyzes here. We have three words here. We have Haga, Chodsha, Shabbata. So each rabbi now is going to focus on one of those words. So the Gemara says like this: Man damar menosh chodesh rata taanit mina bimiir. That says it starts from menosh chodesh until the taanit mehaga. He's dores that what God's going to cause the cessation of happiness mehaga. Menosh chodesh is called a hag, and therefore mehaga starting on menosh chodesh. That's what is going to. That's what's going to be. How do we know Rosh is called a, 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 a hag? Because we learned on the previous Amud, Kala Alay Mu'ed. Right? We said Rosh Chodesh is called a Mu'ed. Okay. Uman Damar Kula Chodesh Kulo. The Bihudahiz of the whole month is going to be Asur. Because it says, Mechotcha. Meaning it's month. Uman Damar Kula Shabbat Kula. That's Rosh Bag. Asur Mishabbata. Good. So now we have the three opinions documented. Uh... Haga, Hocha, Shabbata. Now the Gemara says, Amar Abba, who's the Halakha like? Halakha Kirabban Shemom Gamliel. Which would mean what? The week of Tushabab. Now stop at this point. Week means what? Even after. Ve'amar Abba, the same rabbi said, Halakha Kirabimir. What do you mean? Make up your mind. The Bimir held from Rosh Chodesh until the Ta'anit. How could Rabba make two statements? They're contradictory. Make up your mind. Is the halakha like Rabbi Meir? Or is the halakha like Rashbag? V'tarvayu lekula. Both of them utter leniency. He took the leniencies of both. Which means like this. The leniency of Rabbi Meir is what? Until the Tanit, but not after. The leniency of Rashbag is only the week of. So therefore, take the week of up until the fest. We're taking the leniencies of both opinions. So yeah, the week of Chabab ad Hatani, the Gabbara says, Vesiricha. He needed to tell me both. Rabbi needed to say both statements. Alakha kirabi mi'ir, and alakha kirabban shimon ben Gamliel. Why? The Yashmi'in alakha kirabi mi'ir, because if you just told me alakha kirabi mi'ir, have amina afilu mi roshkodesh. The Bimir says, it's a surah even from Rosh Chodesh. Kamash ma'alan al-Khaq Rashbag. That's why the Tamik Rashbag doesn't stop from Rosh Chodesh, it's only the week of. V'yashmeen al-Khaq Rashbag. If you told me al-Khaq Rashbag, have amin afidu la'kharav. I would have said even after the film, because he says the whole week. Kamash ma'alan al-Khaq Rashbag. Ah, the Ta'anis. And therefore, sarbayu lekulah. Baruch al-Rahim al-Alam. Amen.